On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McEnroe, we would have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? So great to have you along for the ride on this Friday. Oh, it's Friday, baby. Let's get it. Maybe you're listening on the ESPN app. Oh, that's a beautiful way to stay in touch with the program because you're out, you're about, you're doing things, you're moving and grooving in the world. Get out there and do things, young man. Go west, young man, if that's where you choose to go, or east, or north, or south, or everything in between. When you do that, take us with you. The ESPN app, you can download on your smartphone. You find the Listen tab there on the app. You find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome. And thank you for taking us along. We like to go places. We like to see the world. You know, this little studio gets boring. We like to get out there, baby, see what's happening. Here's how you get in touch with the show today, 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can hit me on Twitter always. Enchanted Forest is where the fun never stops. The show never stops on Twitter. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Or the text line, 288-0644. Always to get in touch, fire off those hot takes at us. We want them. That's hot. Bring it, baby. We have two guests joining us today. Now, both of these guests are going to come on and discuss a little Syracuse football, Syracuse athletics, all those things that you want to hear about with training camp, pressing forward, second scrimmage of the season coming up this weekend. And we're getting closer to game week. We're getting closer to real football. All the headlines from training camp to come with both Brian Higgins from the Syracuse IMG Sports Network, the voice of SU Women's Basketball, Men's Lacrosse. You see his work on Qs.com and so many other places. Right here in this hour at about 420, next hour, Chris Carlson, my friend and colleague from Syracuse.com, will come on the program to discuss uh, many of those things and a few others. But what Chris and Brian will also uh, discuss today is what really could be an impending disaster tomorrow. Because tomorrow, and I, I feel like I, I should have turned this invitation down. I feel like I'm walking it. it it's like Admiral Akbar, right? It's a trap. I feel like I'm walking into a trap. I feel like I'm walking into this great plotted revenge on us, the Syracuse sports media. Because what is taking place tomorrow, now you know tomorrow, of course, at Manly Fieldhouse, there's all kinds of fun things going on. 
kicking competition, throwing competition. The fans can go up against the players. You can, you know, get on the field and take selfies. They're not doing a open scrimmage this year, but it's it's kind of like the a training camp version of Fan Fest, right? You can come, you can hang, you can do the thing. So as a part of this, they are doing the fastest sports media personality in Syracuse, which I think you know how that's going to go. And I have agreed to participate in this. Now, I've agreed to participate in this because I've got to keep the streak going. As you know, last weekend, Team Axe reclaimed the Syracuse Crunch Street Hockey Trophy. It is actually here in studio with me. I should take a picture of it and send it out to you. So now i got to win this. I, I've, I've heard there's a trophy for this. I heard there's an actual award for this. And you may think that out of shape, near 40-year-old Brent Axe would be, let's say, an underdog in said race. And I want you to think that. I want you to think. Because there's some young bucks in this thing. you got Darius Joshua from Channel 9. you got Matt Houseworth from Channel 3. I heard Julian Wiggum might be participating in this. Hi, Surrey. Surrey turned on during the show. That's exactly what's happening. She was a part of this. Surrey, Surrey knows exactly what's going on. To participate now, I'm agreed to participate in this because I've got to keep the streak. Last weekend, team at the Surrey's got all the details on this thing. How did Surrey see? I'm telling you, man, these phones and these Alexa things—they're watching you. They, she knows what I'm saying before I'm going to say it. I'm going to throw this phone in the microwave and kill it. Thank you for participating, Surrey. So anyway, that's what's happening. Tomorrow, we'll see how that goes. I, I think I'm going to be in, like, the quarterback and the kicking competitions as well. This is revenge. This is revenge on the fact of, of SU Athletics and Dino Babers and the everybody. Thanks, Brent. Well, thank you, Coach, because they want to see us pathetically try and, and do these things. And I am more than willing to show up and humiliate myself for your entertainment. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm a sneaky pick. The odds are, I think, are up to sixty to one for me to win the forty competition in Vegas, which just means you'll get to cash in even more should you bet on the axe. So we will talk SU football in this impending media disaster with both of these gentlemen. Surrey, do you have any thoughts on that, or I should probably shut you up? We got hot takes to come as usual, but what I want to start with is a little football and the weird feeling that the fans of the New York Jets may have at this very moment. Now, Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Jets, describes the quarterback situation for the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 as cloudy. Cloud. Now, I want to get into this, but I see there's, there's, some, there's some calls pouring in on this impending disaster tomorrow at Manly Fieldhouse. So let, let me pause my uh, New York Jets quarterback discussion here momentarily because... I see that the, the fans are, are calling in to predict victory for me tomorrow at the fastest sports media personality competition at Manly Field. So we might as well let them have their say, like Wayne in the truck, who is uh, here, I'm sure, to predict my impending victory in this 
great uh, athletic event coming up tomorrow. Wayne, how are you, sir? Oh, not bad. Let me just start by saying I love you, man. But uh, There's a butt coming. Julian, Julian Wingham is going to smoke everybody. If he's in this, like I, that, I, I'm going to call uh, unfair competition, fake news, however you want to put it, like just... Like, do we get a five-second head start if Julian's in this thing? Like, it's over if he's in this. I got to agree with you. Right. There. But, wait, that's all I had. I just wanted to watch you a little. I appreciate the uh, the confidence, Wayne. If I if I get a eight-second head start on Julian, maybe I'll I'll finish fourth or fifth in this thing. Perhaps uh, Jake in Syracuse would also like to participate in this amazing hey, athletic event coming up tomorrow. Hello, Jake. How are you? Uh, yeah, I just want to get the over-under on how soon you pull up with a hammy injury. Like, is it three yards, five yards? I was going to say, so it's it's a 40. I would take under 10 yards. Under 10 yards. It's 40 yards. If I would I would absolutely take under 10 yards. Where I come up lame, hamstring, some sort of injury, false start. of. I mean, there's just so many things that could go wrong. A slip and fall. Um, Brian Higgins, who is going to join us on this program in about 10 minutes, uh, rumors afoot that an attempt to trip me is underway. It's like when Jerry Seinfeld raced that guy. Remember, like, the, the fake gun went off and he won the race again? Like, I, I want to make sure everything is is on the up and up. Like, wh- what's the official start? Who is blowing the horn do we have only one horn? Is there a secret horn somewhere that will allow the other members of the media to start before me? Or am I going to be the one who has perhaps someone waiting in the wings with an air horn to, I mean, you don't know what the official call is, right? Like I, I could be like Jerry Seinfeld. Got that five-second head start, and that's all that mattered, baby. So if you are there tomorrow, make sure, uh, A, you say hello, and B, uh, yeah, get those iPhones out and roll on this because it's going to be it, it's going to be a thing, I will just say that. I appreciate uh, the, the, the great uh, support there from, from Jake and Wayne, by the way. All right, so uh, when are you going to pull up with a hamstring injury and Julian Wiggum's just going to smoke us all? If, in fact, I, I should text Julian while we're discussing this to confirm if, in fact, he's in this because if he is, I mean, it, I mean just game over. Game over. I'm going to smoke him kidding me 40 year old almost 40 year old out of shape media guy against uh, someone who just played major college football a couple years ago i mean i got this so back to the jets jet fans todd bowles describes your quarterback situation as cloudy right usually when things are cloudy that's not good like i'm looking out my window as we speak here in downtown syracuse Rain is starting to fall. It is cloudy, right? Like, that's that doesn't put me in a good mood. That's not encouraging. It's not, like, what I want to go into my weekend with, right? But in this case, a cloudy quarterback situation is, in fact, good for you. Because, look, never truly overreact to preseason football because we know it's vanilla defense. It is players that are going to be bagging groceries a few weeks from now. And a number of factors that make you say you can't go all the way on this. But what preseason can't tell you is how players look, how sharp is their arm, can they escape trouble, what kind of decisions are they making, even in vanilla offenses against vanilla defenses. 
And I came away from last night thinking that Teddy Bridgewater can start somewhere in the National Football League. That Teddy Bridgewater was a terrific pickup for the Jets, particularly given the situation they're in. Now, they thought that Josh McCown could be the bridge, could be the cushion until Sam Darnold came out. They thought that 58-year-old Josh McCown could be the placeholder. And then Teddy Bridgewater fell into their lap, and there was a lot of fears about Teddy Bridgewater because he suffered a catastrophic injury a couple years ago. And there's a lot of people that just don't recover from that and play football again. But you watch Teddy last night, and look, numbers are one thing. He was 10 of 15, 127 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I don't care about numbers. I care about how's he look. How sharp's the pass? Is he taking hits? Is he skittish out there? And I'm thinking to myself, look, last night wasn't his best game. Darnold had, you know, a fourth and goal interception that Todd Bowles was quick to say was a coaching thing in the postgame press conference. He took a couple of sacks, right? He had a few passes tipped at the line of scrimmage, but Jet fans are enamored with Sam Darnold, as they should be. The term quarterback of the future is to me, irrelevant. Like, there's a thing in sports today when people would say that, in basketball, right, that that guy's been posterized. And I'm always quick to point out, even the old man in the room here, is quick to point out that, isn't it more like YouTubed these days or GIFT these days? Like, you don't get put on a poster now. You get GIFT. You get YouTubed, right? The, so I would put the term quarterback of the future in that on the list for me of archaic terms that no longer exist. Quarterback of the future, you don't have that benefit anymore. Sam Darnold is not the quarterback of the future of the Jets. Even if he doesn't start week one, week two, week five, it's inevitable. He's the inevitable quarterback of the Jets. Josh Allen is not the quarterback of the future of the Buffalo Bills. He's the inevitable quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, and the Bills play the Browns, and we'll get into that matchup a little bit later on in the show. Quarterback of the future, that's an irrelevant term. It's like the rotary phone. It doesn't exist anymore. You do not take quarterbacks in the first round, and five of them went last year. Even Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, who we know Flacco's the guy, but he's going to play. They're going to use him. You're not the quarterback of the future. You're the quarterback of how we choose to use you. But Jet fans have to be confused right now because this is a great choice. If Darnold truly beats out Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm taking Josh McCown out of the mix here because I he come on, give me a break. Then that's fine because Teddy can go out there, and if he shows he can still play at this level, he's healthy. You've got a veteran quarterback who's led a playoff team. That's out there while Sam Darnold continues to learn what he needs to learn, albeit at an accelerated pace, but continues to learn what he needs to learn as the quarterback of the Jets, right? If Bridgewater beats out Darnold, if Darnold beats out Bridgewater, this is a usually when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But in the term of the Jets, this is a good thing for them. Because what are you expecting this year out of the Jets? They have Those two, by the way, have no one to throw to, and eight below-average offensive line. The focus is on them, the plays that they make, the proverbial lemonade they make out of lemons. I'm a Jet fan, and look, there's I, I, 
Ah, blast my. Ooh, that did not. Ooh, that's. Oh, hey, that, that came out wrong. <sighs> play the song. Play the song. Play the song. Play the song. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Oh, if I'm a Jets fan, I can't believe the words I'm a Jets fan just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. If I'm a Jets fan, no matter what happens the rest of this preseason, I have a very weird feeling here. Your quarterback situation is cloudy, and that's the forecast I want because it's a good problem to have. Either the quarterback of the future, air quotes, which, again, that term no longer exists, beats him out. The fans are behind him. That's who they went out there. He's got the moxie, the arm strength, the footwork, everything that you would think a quarterback needs, knowing he's going to make mistakes. Great. Or you took a chance on Teddy Bridgewater, and that chance paid off. It's August 17th. You don't write anything down in pen this time of the year. But... Jet fans, this must be a weird feeling for you because you're you're looking pretty good. Now, every team that drafted a quarterback also has a veteran, right? Baker Mayfield has Tyrod Taylor, or is it Tyrod Taylor? We'll get into that during hot takes. Darnold, we mentioned, has Teddy and Josh McCown. Josh Allen has A.J. McCarron, and I wouldn't call Nathan Peterman a veteran, but he's a guy who can go out there and you know take a couple concussions until Josh Allen's ready. Rosen has Sam Bradford. So while you're not pushing them out there too soon, I think we know that all five of those quarterbacks will play meaningful snaps in an NFL football game this year, and I don't mean in garbage time. I mean meaningful, you started a game, you're the guy snaps. All of them will. It's just a matter of who's coming and when. So what we saw last night, and we will see tonight when the Bills play the Browns, Remember this, and we'll break and get Brian Higgins on on the other side here. The term quarterback of the future is dead. It's dead. On that note, let's slip aside. Brian Higgins will come on, talk some SU football training camp with us. This impending disaster of the fastest sports media personality in Syracuse. I just laugh as I say that. I really do. Like, what are the 40 times going to be on this, right? 8.4? This this is this is going to be it's going to be great for you. It's going to be entertaining for the people watching, but for those participating in this, like double thumbs, this guy just absolute disaster. Brian Higgins on that and more coming up. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is on the block with Brent Axe. That it is, friends. Welcome back. So glad to have you here. Happy Friday, everybody. Making the thing happen. Let's do this. You know what's happening this weekend, too? I think I'm going to pregame here before I go over and attempt to run 40 yards and not completely humiliate myself. Uh, The second annual Bacon! Bacon Fest. That's right, baby. It is happening this Saturday, Clinton Square, downtown Syracuse, 12 to 8. You can come eat some of the best bacon treats around from bacon mac and cheese to bacon milkshakes. A wide selection of bacon-themed treats to enjoy. Don't forget the Barn Dogs playing at 6.30. You can also stop by the ESPN tent to register to win Syracuse football tickets. The second annual Bacon Festival is happening 
tomorrow right here downtown Syracuse in Clinton Square, baby. I don't know if you like your bacon. Who, who wouldn't want their bacon hot? Do you like your bacon hot or do you like it to kind of cool off a little bit? Either way, with that fancy open, let's do some hot takes. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. So apparently, we have been pronouncing Tyrod Taylor's name wrong. Tyrod Taylor spent a couple of years with the Buffalo Bills. The media would address him as Tyrod consistently. I have done this. I have had a conversation with Tyrod Taylor and said, so, Tyrod, can you uh, talk about the Bills? But apparently we've all been saying his name wrong. So I caught this a little bit during Hard Knocks. Brogan Roback, the fourth-string, soon-to-be-cut quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, kind of, in passing, said Tarod. And I was like, oh, is, does he have, is he, where is he from? What accent is that? He just mispronounced Tyrod Taylor's name. So now it's become a thing. Apparently, once upon a time, Lee Corso called him Tyrod instead of Tarod when he was at Virginia Tech, and he's just kind of gone with it since then. The Internet has been ablaze about this. Cleveland Sports Talk Radio is confused. People are running around. You know, I I need to live in a world where we know how to pronounce Tyrod or Tarod Taylor's name correctly. Today, the Browns released their pronunciation guide. It said Tarod. What will happen tonight when we watch the Browns-Bills preseason game? When I listen to the video, our pets' heads are falling off. Like, can we please get a ruling on this? Mina Kimes from ESPN said she talked to Tyrod's agent, or is it Tyrod? And his father, his father said it's Tyrod. Now, can I ask the obvious question here? Has anybody asked him? Can we please get him on camera pronouncing it? See, we did this last year, and I say we like I was part of this. Uh, Donna DeTota of Syracuse.com did this. We needed to know how to pronounce certain players' names on the Syracuse basketball team, like Marek Doljai, Barama Sidibe, right? So we had them pronounce it for us. Has anybody done this with Mr. Taylor, he of Tyrod or Tarod fashion. Sir, can you please look in the camera and give us the proper pronunciation of your name? Think how many times people have just said Tyrod to the man, and I'm sorry, when somebody mispronounces your name, see this, my name does not get mispronounced, but I get called Brett every day. And you know what? You just kind of get to a point where you don't correct people. Even though you're being the rude one and saying my name incorrectly, There are still people that I see quite frequently, by the way, that claim they listen to this radio program and they call me Brett. Then there's a whole matter of when I was a kid growing up, uh, my nickname in the neighborhood was George because of George Brett, which doesn't even make any sense because it wasn't George Brent. It was George Brett. But 
That's a whole different topic for a different day. I harbor no resentment over that whatsoever. George. Anyway, can can we get a ruling on this, please? You know what? I'm just going to go with Tyrod. That's hot. I'm going to go with Tyrod because you people have been calling me Brett, and no one corrects him, and I correct you, and you still call me Brett. So, Tyrod, it's going to be Tyrod whether you like it or not. Dad said Tyrod. Going with Tyrod. This is fantastic. And, you know, just hit me with it again. That's hot. Well, it is. Have you seen this whole Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union thing? So uh, yesterday, Gabrielle Union, rather attractive young lady, posted a picture of herself getting out of the pool on Instagram. Okay. So Jimmy Butler left a comment on said Instagram post that said, quote, well, damn. Then Dwayne Wade commented because Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle are a, they're, are they married or are they just a, a couple? I'm not, can I get a ruling on that? I don't know. Uh, Wayne said, quote, this is on Instagram now, mine. So today, Wade commented on Butler's most recent Instagram post saying, quote, put well damn in caps on my wife's photo again, and you're going to see what the good, the bad, and the ugly is like. To which Butler replied, well, that escalated quickly. Point noted, I'm still coming to the barbecue, though. That's hot. That's a well-done Instagram transaction right there. Fantastic. I'm still coming (laughs) to the barbecue. That's great. When is the Ohio State investigation over? Can I get a ruling on that, too? Because the president said, and I quote, that it'll be finished when it's finished. Ohio State had previously put a two-week timetable on that, meaning it would end this weekend. We were supposed to know sometime this weekend what their investigation found in Urban Meyer, of course, in the handling of the Zach Smith situation, which you're well in tune on by now. Zach Smith accused a few times arrested for domestic violence. His wife, Courtney, did the interview with Brett McMurphy, which has created, you know, all sorts of branches off that tree about was the reporting accurate and Brett McMurphy had receipts for everything he was questioned on, text messages, police reports, factually based sourced material, not sourced in terms of anonymous sources, sourced on the record admissions, right? And why Urban Meyer kept giving this guy second chances, and he's recently fired, of course, but why he even made it that far and so Ohio State had to kind of swoop in and do their own investigation on this. And the only reason they did it was because it was made public by Brett McMurphy. Much like Maryland had to have a big press conference the other day and take responsibility for things and put D.J. Dirk and their head coach on administrative leave. And I hesitate to say fire their trainer because he walked away with three hundred grand in his back pocket. So, you know, fire me and put that much money in my back pocket. The point of this is we know it'll be done before the season. There's no way Ohio State goes into their season opener saying, you know what, we, we, we don't know yet, Can get back to us. It's kind of like the Mueller investigation, like, you know, I got that Judge Judy gif in my mind pointing at her watch. Can we, can we get going on this, please? So we know it'll be done by then. We thought it would be done by now, but it's not. So when will then be now? Soon, question mark? It's the same thing with D.J. Durkin. Now, it's apples to oranges here. But the comparison is apples to apples, and that you have two head coaches. One, 
who's won national championships, is at the top of his profession. Only Nick Saban is more respected in terms of their coaching ability and you know where they stand in the college football world than Urban Meyer. The other is DJ Durkin, who was doing all these extreme training methods. Remember here, the kid died, and the school didn't say bupkis about it publicly until 63 days later and when they were forced to because Heather Dinich of ESPN reported on the culture of Maryland football. Here's the thing. It doesn't work. Maryland football is still just a average Big Ten program. With Ohio State, we're talking about national titles. We're talking about what some people would think are forgivable things. Suspend him for, I don't know, fill in the blank, six games. Does that sound good? He was being loyal to a grandson of a Ohio State legend, Zach Smith. He, according to, now he flat out lied, Urban Meyer, at Big Ten Media Day about this, but then when kind of called out on the carpet publicly by Brett McMurphy, oh, yeah, I reported that to my AD, and he mishandled it, right? And so point being, fair or unfair, no matter how you feel about these situations, I don't want to make predictions in these things like we predict games, but something tells me Urban Meyer is going to be coaching college football this year, and DJ Durkin is not. That's hot. It's worth noting here. I wonder how he would have been swept up in this and how it would have worked At one point in time, Scott Schaefer was lined up to be the defensive coordinator at Maryland for D.J. Durkin, and we all know that story and what happened there and why he didn't do it and ended up at Middle Tennessee State and then ended up coming back to the Dome last year and Middle Tennessee State wins and Scott Schaefer is lighting up cigars in the Carrier Dome and, you know, funny how the world works in that sense. And now in the first game of this season, another former coach gets his shot at Syracuse. That ended a little more... Amicably, you know, Tim Lester ended up at his alma mater at a great spot, took over for P.J. Fleck in a program that is, you know, is he going to do what P.J. Fleck did at Western Michigan? I don't think so, but he's certainly in a great position at Western Michigan to win in the MAC and win at a school that he cares about. And Tim Lester gets to coach against Eric Dungy, who he recruited to Syracuse. So it's funny how these things come full circle. And I know I'm way off the Urban Meyer Sack Smith trail here, but Point being, Schaefer was almost part of this. Would he have been swept up in that culture? Would he have added to that culture? Or would he have, in a world of what-ifs, directed it a different way? 437-7644, the phone number, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. We're going to talk some football coming up, SU-wise, Bills and Browns tonight, more on the Jets you think cloudy quarterback situation's bad. In their case, it's good. Plenty more football in the way. Oh, you know, I never mentioned Alabama, too. And I teased that. That's that's a bad job by me. That's a bad job by me. We do. You know, I'll do that coming up top of the hour. We've got to talk about this Alabama story because I forgot to do it here in Hot Take. So we'll, we'll mix that in, too. You're on the block. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.